T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 Bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score, the home for Bears fans. Dustin put that over under at 1.5, which I think is crazy. I think if you say Super Bowl once, you're going to say it twice. And I, and I mean, you could even have a sentence where you say, we're going to concentrate on the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden, your over-under is destroyed. That we're going to do things the right way. We're not going to take shortcuts. We're going to build an incredible franchise. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl. Coach Dick Vermeil said something to me during our quest in St. Louis for a Super Bowl. Well, our first year, we were 5-11. Second year, we are 4-12. Last year, 16-3, our Super Bowl year. I tell the story all the time. I was blessed with a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl trophy. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Maybe, you know, Mully puts in some chips on the uh, over then. On 6.70, the score. He's, That's handout. He wants some action. Guys, he yeah. wants some action. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70, the score. Well, there's a new sheriff in town. Kevin Warren had his introductory news conference. David, you were there. And he said Super Bowl, what was it, Dustin, seven times, 12 times he said championship or championships. He was Multiple. bold. He was ambitious. He was everything you would want your new executive to be. This was somebody who came in here into House Hall uh, on Tuesday, mm. and he, he could great. not have left a stronger impression. He was great. I mean, I got to tell you, and and – You've been to a ton of these things. I can't tell you how many times I've been to some news conference at Hallis Hall where you walk out and you just kind of like, wow, like that's not going to play at all. And this guy was good. He was really good. He is. He knows what the hell he's doing, and he had a gravitas at the podium that you could feel. There was a presence, no doubt about it. And when you did walk out the door when I was leaving Hallis Hall, you're right. You you remember the feeling of past introductions and you remember the feeling of doubt that you had well well, this might work well this could work oh this might if he comes through with this and that but you don't you you maybe had too many instances where you weren't impressed or there have been those occasions where you walk out of house all shaking your head as I can't believe I just heard that yesterday was different yesterday felt different and yesterday it felt like the Bears grew up there's definitely uh, a bigger bolder ambition pervasive at Hallis Hall that that was obvious yesterday and everything that Kevin Warren said he was animated he was energized definitely was engaged he can connect let, let me ask you a question um do you think the Bears are going to be playing a lot of games at Soldier Field moving forward <laughs> do you get the sense that that rebuild of Soldier Fields kind of it, it drew them in that fantastic video do you think they're now ready to commit to some if well, anybody ever doubted that they were going to Arlington Heights I would hope that yesterday erased all those doubts forever yeah I don't think that that's realistic and he made that pretty clear 
Now, there is the the detail that contractually, I don't think as long as they are uh, involved with the Arlington Heights project, they can even acknowledge other bids to keep them. So I think they do. They did a nice job of willfully ignoring the Soldier Field possibility. But I think when you hear the uh, the excitement level, when Kevin Warren is sneaking away to to scout out the Arlington Park site and facility, the 300 yeah. acres, and he just happens to take a day and drive over there and just kind of look around. Yes, that is the vision for the next Bears home, and that is all part of the the dream, I think, that uh, Kevin Warren feels like he can realize as president of the Chicago Bears. I, just for future reference, um, there is nothing wrong if you see a guy going into the locker room uh, talking to the quarterback. There's nothing wrong with, like, leaning to some like, hey, who's that? Or, hey, who is that guy? You know, that's you know? The, the, the most – there were a lot of details that stood out yesterday. The fact that Kevin Warren visited the Bears locker room in Minnesota back in October. <laughs> Wasn't that October? Had to be during the season. It was definitely before – when did they play the Vikings? It was October, I believe. It was definitely before he was a known candidate for the job. When did they play? Where did they play the Bears here in the season finale? Yes. They, it, it, so it it was indoor in Minnesota. I'm just saying that. Think about that. That that job was opening up. He was probably interviewing for the job when he went in. He and- was scouting out. Everything about the Bears that he could, as as we have talked about, and I asked him about yesterday as well, or I think it was George that I asked, but you, you, you've referenced this before. He was interviewing the Bears every bit as much as the Bears were interviewing him, and that was part of the process. He actually said at one point, they were interviewing me as much as I was in. He misspoke, but yeah. he didn't really, But he did didn't he? really. No, everybody kind of understood that, and you un- you you recognized – why, when you heard him articulate everything that he wants to do in this job, it is refreshing to hear somebody as open as Kevin Warren was about his ambition and have as detailed of a plan as you know that he has because he is a meticulous leader. Let me tell you something. The fact that he weighed in on that idea repeatedly about, you know, they spent a year in Minnesota before they began building. Basically, before they began digging, I think was his turn of phrase. Basically, it is the little things, people. I think we all know that it's the little things and that you have to take care of all of these little elements. Think about running a play in the NFL. There are a lot of little elements to it that everyone has to be on board with and everyone has to do their job. It's the same thing when you're leading a group. And his attention to detail and his knowledge that you need attention to detail was one of the greatest things that he talked about. in Because that, that's a palpable, real thing that you can control as leader. I think that's well put. And it also is what sets apart the real successful leaders from the ones who aren't. Because it's one thing to have just a big idea guy. Yeah. But to be a big idea guy who sweats the details and the small stuff, oh, that's it. that makes the, the, the difference. And when he's talking about every line needing to be justified and talking about going through budgets and plans and agendas and itineraries, you know that this is a guy that has been very disciplined for a very long time. And you know I love the story and the back, the, the, the back stories of, of these guys and the people that we talk to. But hearing him really go back to when he was 10 years old and in that car accident when he was hit by a bike or hit on his bike and he was in a body cast and he was in traction and he was basically a year of his life, Mm -hmm. he had to be extremely disciplined and learn that. And it was ingrained in him. And that kind of, as he pointed out yesterday, shaped the rest of his life because he knew he had to be patient and persistent in all the things that are required for him to recover from that horrific accident and also just to be, you know, almost condition his brain to one step at a time. Don't don't overlook any detail because that is not the way that he was brought up. It was impressive. Yeah, you know, and apparently, like, when that happened, he asked a doctor 
you know, what could he do or what? And the guy told him swimming was the answer. And he's, he's you know, had a pool and he's concentrated. And he stayed with it. He's done that for the rest of his life, which is pretty impressive. Life skill. You know, yeah, he, they, exactly. got a, they got a, uh, a settlement apparently with $30,000 and his parents put in a pool with the money yeah. and he learned how to swim. And that right. was part of the recovery. And the little thing that he said about what the doctors told him is what I'm talking about. The, the things you don't forget when you're a kid right. is that there's got, there are going to be days where you make a lot of progress. There's going to be days when you make a little progress. But there cannot be a day where you make no progress. That's, that's a, those are words to live by, literally. And I think that he has, and he showed that. So when he speaks with the kind of purpose and passion he did yesterday, it does leave you impressed. And if you're a Bears fan, it can't it, I, I don't know how you come away from yesterday with having anything but hope, even though the connection between Sunday afternoon and the field and the, in the, in the boardroom at Hallis Hall, I understand it's a little difficult maybe to see the connection, but I think after hearing him yesterday, it's easier to understand. And we have a texter wondering if Coach Ibraflus should be worried about uh, accountability with his new boss. I think everybody in the building, I think everybody, I think everybody should be. There will be accountability. I mean, the guy is going to come in and he's going to raise the standard, as simple as that. that that's, that's effectively what he was saying, if you were listening between the lines. There, there is no shadow of a doubt. He's going to go around the building. He's going to meet everyone individually. You know, he'll find out what they would do if they were a member of the family to improve things. I think that's a really good question and a very revealing one. And I think if I'm sitting in that meeting, I'm going, I'm going through a checklist in my head about ways that things could be better because you want to have a good answer when that guy talks to you. Absolutely true. I also think this, Molly, I think the, uh, it's understandable that why people would wonder if, in this case, Matt Eberflus is nervous or has anxiety. Yeah. Or Ryan Poles, who now is reporting to Kevin Warren, yeah. is nervous or has anxiety. I kind of think the other way. I, I mean, do too. I, I think they welcome it. Think about Eberflus. Think he's about a, that. He's a guy taking notes on the sideline. Yes. He's a guy, you know, the attention to detail that he brought in limited the stupid penalties that his predecessor seemed to be defined by. Totally. The, 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 yeah, the, the line item things that Kevin Ward's talking about are on Matt Eberflus's notepad. Yes. yes. So. I'd flip it around. I would say right. instead of Matt Eberflus in this example in question, you know, fearing this or feeling a little bit shakier about things, or Ryan Poles by extension, I gotta think they're embracing this. This this makes this will make things better for everyone. Yes, it will help. This is a good thing. It's this a good is, thing. This is not a bad thing. That was a I, again. I can't tell you how many of these news conferences I've walked out of. Over the years, and you just kind of like you, you know that this isn't going to work, or that's really not going to work, or you know, I mean, there's a hope and a prayer type thing. This this is more like a plan. This than is a, a hope plan, and a prayer. It's a detailed plan. Football guys like to be challenged. Football guys like structure. Yes, and they don't they don't shy away from that typically. And I think that we if we're going to refer to Matt Eberflus uh, in this case as as the coachiest of all football coaches, this is speaking his language. This is somebody who he wants every hour accounted for in a day. And he wants every day accounted for in a week and every week accounted for in a year. And you can do the rest. But this is accountability that these football guys at Hallis Hall are going to embrace. They're not going to fear or resist. This is definitely something that you feel better about after yesterday. And I I talked to a couple people before the news conference about Kevin Warren addressed uh, the family, the McCaskies, and then the people, the executives at Hallis Hall before the news conference. And it was mentioned that, you know, he didn't use a note. He didn't refer to any kind of uh, talking points. It was straight from the heart. And that resonated with people there. And I think that you saw that and you heard that kind of emotion in his voice when he spoke. This is a perfect – this is – nothing's perfect. But this is as, as ideal of a marriage as you could get at this point in time in the Bears' history. Well, this is a this is a different step. I mean, this is a totally different leader than the kind we've seen. This is not, and I don't want to just diss people that have been here before, but you do get the sense that this is a professional person who's bringing professionalism 
to the uh, to the workings at, at uh, Hallis Hall, and and frankly, it's needed. It, it really is. There, there. You need accountability. You need somebody that um, that is going to raise the standard. That's important to do in any in any line of work. I mean, we all. Yeah, I I don't know if anyone's ever gone through the horrible machinery of of losing someone, and the way that works. But the the shocking element of it for me was because <clears throat> you think of people like in the medical industry uh, that it's kind of best and brightest, and you, in order to put in all that time, you have to be pretty good at it. What's always surprising to me is how the same level of uh, of of kind of humans exists in that profession. In other words, there are worker bees and there are people that are kind of riding their, their coattails. There are people that work really hard and there are people that don't quite work as hard. There are people that you know are total pros and you trust them. And there are other people that make you feel a little bit uncertain. And, and that is just the reality of every walk of life. That's just the reality of it. But you got to have a general that's setting a standard and raising everybody up to their best. And I really felt like he was willing to do that. I think that is who he is. I think that is his track record as well. So this is more than just somebody saying they're going to do something or saying they're going to change a culture, which is the buzzword every new executive or coach goes to. This is somebody with with a, a history of doing just that leaving the Big Ten better than he found it, as he said. And, Mully, you're right. You don't, want to, you don't want to disrespect people who have done the job before. But comparisons are inevitable and impossible to, to resist or ignore when, when you're there for as long as we've covered the Bears. And it just struck me yesterday when Kevin Warren was talking about wanting people to be proud that they work for the Chicago Bears. Right. How long ago was it where after a postseason press conference, they were extolling the virtues of the character shown during a five- or six-game losing streak, yeah. and you left the right. post-game gathering or the postseason gathering, and people were embarrassed by it. And there was uh, an element of like, oh, my gosh, the Bears did it again. Yeah. And there wasn't much pride in working there or being from the Bears or anything like that. Just felt different yesterday. The, yeah. Definitely, he, cha- he changed. He's going to change when he takes over how the Bears view themselves and, frankly, I think how they're viewed from the outside. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any um, doubt about that, David. And, uh, you know, hopefully that translates into huge changes. Um, hopefully that means this is going to be a professional organization that can move forward and uh, – and really compete for those those Super Bowls championships that you that you heard mentioned uh, from the from the new president yesterday. Uh, I I just I feel like there's been kind of you know the doors open the windows. Pull, I mean it. There will be there will just be more accountability than there has been in the past with the Bears, and there will be a higher standard than there has been in the past with the Bears. And I think that there will be a professionalism. And I'm not I'm not trying to diss all the people that have been through the building, but let's be honest about it. You know, sustained winning is about having something that holds up over time. It's not about popping up here or popping up there or look what happened. We had a great year. There's there has been a surprise element to the the Bears' success that has included a failure to really repeat it. The, the, you know, living with success has always been difficult because it's been unusual. And in the past, you've seen people kind of stumbling over each other trying to get something. Because they don't credit. expect it. They, they, they operate like a franchise that doesn't expect to succeed in the past. They, they operate like a franchise that accidentally stumbles into a 2018 season where they're 12 and 4. And yes. they didn't know how to respond to that because it seemed like such a surprise. And you didn't know how to build on it. You didn't know. It, again, this is, and I'm not trying to pick on people. I'm just saying that we have not seen this kind of sustained uh, winning in a very long time. And obviously, there is a plan in place to lose, to get better, and then get the pick. and get. But I feel like now there's really a plan in place. You know, yeah. Now you're going to build your future yeah. out in Arlington Heights. You're going to own the building. 
you are going to there is nowhere to go but up and they're going to go up yeah in the stadium project being the sole purpose and him leaving no doubt about what the number one priority was no doubt for him that I have to say that surprised me a little bit that he was as open about that, but I think that everybody understood why, um, you know, what what is a top line on his resume in terms of sure. why he is so attractive to a team like the Bears building a stadium is because he has the U.S. Bank Stadium on his resume. Okay, that's great. Uh, there are other things that he will help change and I think professionalize in terms of the approach, the we resist so much the intrusion of Ted Phillips over the years because it became such a polarizing topic and him such a polarizing figure. But this idea that the president of, of football or the Bears president can't be involved in football matters, I think that's overstated. I think that's overstated because what you heard from Ryan Poles was somebody who welcomes a sounding board, who's 37 years old doing a general sure. manager job for the first time. I don't think he's going to mind – having these conversations with Kevin Warren over what to do with that draft pick. How would you weigh this offer from the Colts versus this offer from whoever, the Texans or whoever the case may be? Don't you think there's value in that kind of collaboration where it won't be mocked as well as much as it will be appreciated? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, you know, the other thing is when he was describing kind of a typical Sunday of what he'll be doing that, that was interesting to me because a lot of times when you talk to people, well, you know, he's real good at working the clients. He's real good at working the advertising. That's how you get a building built. That's how you have like a corporate sponsor of a gate or of, a, of an area that is going to help with a revenue stream. That's, what the, that's kind of what his job is. And the way he described it I thought was very interesting because it explained to me a couple of the football people I had talked about, their perception of him well, he's always out, you know, schmoozing with the clients. That's yeah, part of that's that, a big part of the role. That's the job, but yes. you're right. That is the football person's interpretation yeah. of, oh, what's he doing over there? Why isn't he, you know, with the football guys? It's really funny. It's like it's a relationship. It, it, it stuff. reminds me a little bit of the newspaper, the relationship between reporters and the desk, where the desk are the night side bastards, and they're just trying to rip up your copy, and they're just awful people who want a spelling bee at some point. And the reporters are a bunch of guys on an expense account going out, ordering food at halftime and getting back to the hotel so they could have a nice dinner. The, the, it's just this. It's just and this traveling. Kind of, oh, traveling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you oh. get to see the world. Oh, well, oh, yeah. how was your trip? Oh, well, I, I was there for 12 hours. Yeah. I was, but it's very amusing to me that, yeah. that there is this kind of – and there's the football guys looking at people. That happens all the time in the NFL. It, it, with it's that, the same not, sort of – it's it, just a weird, you know, they work well together, but there's a separation not there. Not sort of, a, not resentment might be too strong, right. but maybe uh, not uh, have reservations about what how they do are doing their job and, and the way that they go about it. I'll say this about Kevin Warren, though, in terms of what you're describing. I think what you're talking about, what will resonate with people, whether it's sponsors or other executives or people who are the money people, whatever the case may be, they respect consistency. They respect clarity, and they respect professionalism. And this guy could not – he's the same guy every time. I think when you talk to people, he's going to be the same guy all of the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes him a very effective communicator. He's the first guy they've really brought from outside that wasn't already working there, right? He's a guy that has yes. had previous experience, uh, you know, as you mentioned with the stadium stuff. He's moved to a point – where this is not going to overwhelm him in any way. Did he seem phased? Not remotely. I think what happened yesterday, the Bears introduced the most qualified person they've ever hired. <laughs> and and, and, so and I don't mean that disrespectfully. No, I think it's true. Because of his credentials, yeah. because of the way they historically, traditionally have done business, they have never hired somebody as ready for this role. I agree with you. As Kevin Warren is for this. And and. You know, clearly a guy that's had to work harder than other people to get to where he's at. That's uh, that's fairly obvious, too. I, well, the, I, I think you should feel really good. I think it was a good day for the Bears yesterday. No it was a great day it. for the Bears. Yeah. He, yeah. They could It could not have gone any better than it did. Yeah. And we have somebody. We have one guy who's calling us losers. I don't even know. What, are you what? trying to say loser? 
there's only one O, bro. Work on Molly, it. Uh, right through called, it. Called you Molly too. Yeah. Well, maybe that's Typo. spell check. Yeah. Uh, what? We've got the pick six next. We've got all sorts of uh, stories related to this story and a couple other ones that we'll pick apart. It is Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Dustin informed us New Bears president Kevin Warren used the word Super Bowl seven times, championships a dozen times. Do you consider that the proper goal to set in an introductory press conference? Do you believe he'll be able to deliver? Well, I think that it wasn't. Um, I think that it wasn't that he was saying Super Bowl about the Bears every time. He was telling a story at one point where he talked about Super Bowl in relation to the Rams three times. So I don't know if he was if he was out there just hammering the uh, the Super Bowl idea, but he definitely uh, let no doubt about what the expectations are and um and I, I i do not know if he'll be able to deliver on that i think it's difficult to win in the nfl and i think that there are 32 teams most years that are trying to win and i think that you know when you look at a season like this where you threw away uh, a chance to win and i don't know what the answer would have been but when you hear the um the new president tell you how the NFC is wide open, and it is wide open. It's an accurate statement. It makes you wonder, what if he actually tried to win? How well could you have done? Could you have done better in the division if you actually went out there and tried to win? I get it. They needed to clean up the salary cap, and they've done that moving forward. But I will be keeping a close eye on how they spend their money and if they spend their money and how much of it. And There's a certain amount that you have to spend. So that would seemingly indicate they're going to have to spend a little bit more on some free agents or try to get some extensions done that, that maybe people don't see coming. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited that he's coming in, and I would believe that in the next few years their fortunes were, will turn uh, pretty quickly, and I do believe that they will have a chance to compete. I believe those are the proper goals to be set for somebody coming in to a job like this. I think you have to say that that's – while I'm here, that's what I hope to achieve. I think there's nothing wrong with that, and fingers crossed that he can deliver. Fingers I'd loved it. I thought that was the proper tone to set. He didn't sound overly ambitious. He wasn't talking about multiple championships and Super Bowls. He did use championships plural, but I think he was just in referring to that's what every president is, is there to do, to change the culture, to win championships, and to put the, their franchise in that position. I'd love the story about Dick Vermeil. I know that he was name-dropping or whatever, but I love the idea that Dick Vermeil told him when he was a member of the Rams front office that, look, it doesn't matter uh, what, what your role is. Your ring is going to be the same as mine. 
And he used that in, in reference to his plan to meet with every employee individually right. and ask him the question, what can the McCaskies do better to bring this franchise a championship? Because that person is going to get a ring that's going to look just like Justin Fields if it happens. I don't know if that can happen. I don't know if it's, if it's something that you can have uh, in terms of control, if you can have that big of an impact as a team president. But all you can do is establish a culture that puts your franchise in the best possible position to succeed, the most conducive to winning, and that's what Kevin Warren is going to do. I, I want to call you on that because I believe you wrote a story once about the uh, the junior executive rings that were being handed out for a Super Bowl appearance. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> but that was their problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, thank you for that question. Oh, man. Naturally, Kevin Warren was asked about his relationship with Justin Fields. His answer was entertaining. I have the greatest amount of respect for him, you know, because I know he's going to do everything he possibly can with the talent that he has to be a leader, and he wants to win championships. So those are the people that I want because if someone was not upset about playing, then I really would, would be concerned because I know if I was in the Big Ten and someone did what I did, yeah, I would have led a revolt to be able to play because that's how passionate I was, you know, to take advantage of it. So I think that's great. How significant or insignificant is the relationship? I think at this stage, nothing is insignificant. I think at this stage of the relationship, at this stage of his tenure, when you're starting out, you're on the honeymoon, nothing is insignificant. So the fact that Justin Fields had a breakout year, the fact that there is this ridiculous conversation surrounding the idea that he might be traded or that he would be dangled in a deal. I don't I think this all factors into a bigger picture conversation about Justin Fields' value to the Bears franchise and how much they appreciate his presence and how they want to build with him, not without him. Kevin Warren's input into those conversations might be valuable. His past might be relevant, but this was fun to hear him talk about how they went from being on opposite sides of the debate during COVID, play versus not playing, to how they have come together now and have a relationship. I love the detail about him calling Justin Fields on the night he was drafted by the Bears. That is following through, and that is backing up this idea that when Kevin Warren talks about relationships, that's a tangible example of what he means. So I do think it is significant that they have a relationship, and I like the way that he presented it in terms of where they are now based on where they started. Very significant. Justin Fields is QB1. He's the face of the franchise. The two of them need to be lockstep. Yeah, you know, I don't think um, I don't think Kevin Warren's his coach. Um, I don't think – I think it's significant. I'm not saying it's insignificant. It's important to have everybody pulling in the same direction. All I'm saying is I think – I like the idea that he wants a guy as competitive and as good a leader as Fields is. That's that's good because that does put to rest any of these thoughts that they're not building around Justin Fields. Um, I do think, though, that it's insignificant in terms of whether or not he can play the position, in terms of whether or not he will succeed at the position, what his relationship is with a with an overlord figure as opposed to his coach or his coaches, or his offensive coordinator, or his quarterback coach, the people he interacts with on a day-to-day basis with the football are the most important people. But I think it's, if if you have a leader who recognizes game, right, game recognizes game, that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting that down, but in terms of significance, it doesn't matter if, um, if he's coaching them up, because he's not coaching them up, but it's a nice thing to have. And then I'll ask the same questions here. Any doubt that Warren is the man in charge after clarification that Ryan Poles will report to him and the gravitas he showed at the podium yesterday. Did you appreciate him talking about the important details needed for success? Did the Bears make the right hire? Yeah, I feel good about that hire. That's a much better hire than some hires they've made. And again, I think David put it well. That's the best hire they've made. This is a very significant Higher, and he's the right guy for this job because he's been through elements of it before because he understands people because he had a great um, ability to project not only his ideas, the details are what's important when you start thinking about it. He seems like a man with a plan. That plan will begin 
with the new building. Um, I, I, I thought it was a very impressive day, and I think he's a very impressive guy. And, yeah, I feel like they did get the right hire. I, I, was, I found myself after the fact kind of toying with the idea of how would it have looked if some European soccer guy had come in? How would it have looked if somebody from the NBA had come in? I, I think they got the right guy. I think he, I think I don't think it could have. I don't think anyone else could have won the press conference more than he did on that day. Kevin Warren said it was important to him that when he walked in and out of Hallis Hall that he wanted to make the Hallis family and the McCaskey family proud. And I think there's no doubt that yesterday when he left, assuming that he left, <laughs> right? I mean, this guy <laughs> seems like he's really going to grind. Um, assuming that he went home yesterday, I think when he left, he could feel pretty confident that he made those two families proud. Well put. Molly, I think that's an interesting uh, thing to, to ask. If it would have been a, a soccer executive, if it would have been an NBA executive, I think that would have felt like they were leaning into another experiment. And this feels like they were leaning into experience rather than an experimental type of thing. And I like the fact that Kevin Warren oversees Ryan Poles. And I don't think Ryan Poles is going to resent that involvement either. Let's just look at why having somebody like Kevin Warren, an adult in the room, if you will, could factor into football decisions without that oversight or with past uh, presidents can make an impact. Look at the fact that Ernie Acorsi with, did you really need Ernie Acorsi to tell you to hire John Fox? I don't think that would have happened with Kevin Warren. I don't think that they would have hired Mark Tressman over Bruce Arians if Kevin Warren or had a stronger president who understood what leaders look like. Wow. And I think that when you look at the other examples, maybe they would have scouted the 2017 draft better just because of the plan, just because of the details. The attention to detail matter. These things are important. When you Would they have traded Roquan Smith if Kevin Warren were team president? I don't know the answer to that, but I think these are the kinds of things when you mm. talk about guidance, direction, vision, the ask these questions, it's accountability, it's being thorough, it's being detailed, and this is the kind of impact that Kevin Warren can have. And it's a pick six. Do you agree with Zach Levine, who said the organization's brand is popular wherever the team goes, especially in places like Paris? Quoting uh, Zach Levine here, it's Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls fans everywhere. We've noticed that with some of the road games that were home games for us the last couple of years. Will the Bulls be playing a home game in Paris? <laughs> sure sounds like it. We oui, we. Oui. I think it is cool to see the Bulls having fun in Paris. And thank goodness that Derek Jones Jr.'s fiance said yes. Oh, that's awesome. That, that was, was a an great awesome moment. proposal, wasn't yeah. it? No question. So the week is going well in Paris. I think that Zach is on the right track. There are a lot of Jordan fans around the world who are Bulls fans because he played for them. I think they're Michael Jordan fans first, Bulls fans second. That's okay. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people wearing Bulls gear, I think, in that arena and a lot of 23 jerseys. That's okay. It still endures that image. So that's uh, it's a lot of fun this week. So I, uh, I think he's exactly right. I think it's all about Michael Jordan, six championships, um, his, the, the airness, the, the, the you know, fashion. You know, Jordan's a fashion icon as well, believe it or not. Um, the Jumpman logo, I think that's big over there. So, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of Jumpman 23s in the arena on Thursday night in Paris, 145 here on the score. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the Bulls are a popular brand. I think that uh, that there will be a lot of Jordan jerseys floating around Paris because Jordan has been to Paris, and uh, and it was a big deal when he was there, and there were a lot of Jordan jerseys sold at that point. So yeah, bring the bring the uh, bring the national brand back, bring the international brand to basketball. Let's. Uh, Let's have all the Parisians cheer for the Bulls. Uh, you know, is anybody cheering for the Pistons outside of Detroit? I, is there anybody cheering for the Pistons in Detroit? Uh, I would think that this is – Who are, they, who are a, these Pistons you yeah, speak exactly. of? Yeah, exactly. This would be a really good uh, – this should be a, a home game style treatment for the Bulls. It's a good deal. I liked it. I thought it was amusing, and I think that, uh, that they'll get a lot of support. And I'll answer some of your questions when we get to that point. What did you make of Dylan C saying he's open to a contract extension, but nothing is presently in the works? 
Is that just a matter of timing? Don't the White Sox need to eventually make an offer? Did you like hearing him say he won't be in the WBC because he's starting his throwing program later in the year to last all season long? You know, I really like Dylan Cease, and um, I think it's nice that he's open to a contract extension. I don't believe that he's going to get one immediately from the from the White Sox. First of all, they don't really start talking contract till they get into camp, and then they try to kind of use that time in camp only as the time to try to get something done before the season starts. Um, I would definitely go to him and try to – give him a lot of money and see if that would uh, get him to sign on the dotted line. I think he's their best pitcher. His stuff is phenomenal, and I hope he's here for a long time. But that that's kind of un-White Sox-like, isn't it? Um, we'll see how that works out. I liked hearing it, and I like the fact he's not in the World Baseball Classic because where I think Lance Lynn playing in that is going to help get him up and running and ready to start the season, I like the idea that that Dylan Cease is thinking long haul and being there at the end of the year and not there at the, just the beginning. So I think he's planning on a very long season, and I think you need to have uh, Lance Lynn uh, up and running and, and in shape and ready to go. That's interesting that it's okay for Lance Lynn and you're for it and you're not okay. You know, I, I find that interesting. I think that's really something make to sense, think though? about. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right on. But until you obviously answered the question, I never, I never thought of it that way. Because again, these two guys are in different stages, if you will, of their career. And um, you know, I'm going to ask a question in the question. What, what do you think would be like a starting point, a real starting point for the White Sox and Dylan Cease, contract wise? Well, look what Marcus Stroman makes. Well, I'm, I mean, so so, so that's it's three tw- it starts at twenty five a year. Yeah, twenty five plus. It, and it, so it's twenty five. You're approaching thirty mil. So it's twenty five at least four years minimum, right? Like a hundred million be the bare minimum. Yes. It's going to be north of a hundred million dollars if you kind of talk contract with them, which is why I think that they probably will delay that as much as possible. So. I don't look at Lance Lynn. I understand the different stages of their career. Dylan Cease is 27 years old. He'll have another opportunity likely to pitch for his country in in the World Baseball Classic. He also pitched in 184 innings last year, so he's being very smart. Dylan Cease is a very smart professional athlete. He understands the the need to conserve his right arm, which is the way he makes his living, and he's doing quite, quite a good job of that. He is their ace, unquestionably. He is their ace. He can win a Cy Young next year. That's not outlandish to say. I'm okay with Lance Lynn doing the WBC thing, but I have to say this. If I'm Rick Hahn, I'm not crazy about it. If I'm putting the White Sox interests ahead of everything else, as I would if I'm their general manager, I wouldn't be crazy about it. They're in a very tough spot. Go represent your country. Do what you think is necessary. But Lance Lynn has not been the picture of durability. I know this isn't the question necessarily, but I would have some reservations about him going to pitch in March like he's pitching in October. I I think he has been out of shape at different points, and I think that him working himself into shape in the offseason is an important part of keeping him healthy. So you think that's worthwhile to risk it? I I think it's a – I don't even know that it's a risk. I think that that he needs to just – work and run and I, and I'm not being mean I'm just being honest it, about it in my from my perspective I get it he's throwing but I think that he would last longer and be less subject to a knee injury if he had his weight under better control and possibly I'm not trying to be mean about that's a that. good point I also wonder if it, as he, he works to get his knee under control or get in shape for the long haul what does that do to his right arm in September when you might need him you're going to need him. In, if you're planning to contend, you're going to need Lance Lynn at his best in September. I'm okay with it, but I don't feel great about it. Is that the – I'm splitting that's the fair. difference no, there. that's fair. I mean, I'm probably overreacting to it, but I felt like he was using the regular season to get into shape, and that's how he got hurt the last time. It's still a difficult question to answer. Jonathan Taze was frank, honest, assessing his future in a podcast with NBC Sports Chicago. Part of myself that still 
doesn't really want to admit the situation and, and also uh, wants to continue being a Blackhawk and finish my career here. And at the same time, you know, there's part of me that sees the writing on the wall and sees that this this team, this organization is trying to hit the reset button and and that uh, maybe change for everybody is not such a bad thing. And, and that goes for myself as well. Does he sound like a guy who wants to stay? Sounds like a guy who's conflicted, and I can understand that. There's been nobody who has represented the Blackhawk organization any better than Jonathan Taze, period. I think when you hear him talk about the realities of him being traded, that he understands that the end is near, and he's going to likely be wearing another uniform or sweater, and I think he has to be the one who controls that because of the, the, the no movement clause in his contract. So he's slowly, gradually getting to that point. The conversation still has yet to happen, I guess, with Kyle Davidson. It's inevitable, it seems. And what are the Blackhawks doing winning four out of five? I mean, Connor Bedard isn't you know, going to just magically appear on your doorstep. They've got to get back to losing quickly. And the best way to do that is to get rid of these guys. I'm being facetious. I hate the tank, but I understand it. It will be a sad day for me when Jonathan Taze leaves town, and I think that you heard that in his voice because it will be a sad day for him as well. But I do feel like there's a sense of inevitab- inevitability here. Sounds like a guy to me who's got uh, one skate out the door. And the other on a banana peel. Uh, yeah, he doesn't sound like – you? what happened if you skated on a banana peel? Uh, he doesn't sound like I, – I think – I think when a guy is in the position that Taser is, when he's done all the things he's done in Chicago, it's hard. It's hard to end your career. It's hard to, you know, think about all the players over the years that have had to choke back tears when they've left someplace or when they've – it's it's a, it's the end of a chapter. And um, I do think the chapter is over, sadly. I do think that he is going to be traded. I do think that he's going to go someplace else. I think the same thing with Kaner, frankly. And I, I look at this team, and, um, you know, they're bad enough. I don't think they're going to – I mean, I know they've won, what is it, four out of five? Um, and, and that kind of goes against getting that number one overall pick. But it's in the lottery, you know, you got to get the lucky envelope. It's, it's not like – what, what would they have, 19 There's no guarantee. 18.5% if you're yeah. the worst team in the yeah. league. So so there is still a chance if you're not the worst team in the league. And, you know, hopefully the NHL understands the value of uh, of the Blackhawks to the league, and they'll freeze an envelope or whatever the hell they did to get uh, Patrick Ewing to the Knicks way those many years back. That was always the rumor. They had frozen the envelope, and when the guy reached in, he picked out the cold one. Um I don't know. I, I, I it, it kind of, it's, it's sad because of what it represents, the end of an era. And, you know, this is a guy that was an exemplary human uh, and leader and all that stuff, right? There were no questions about him and getting money too early. You know, he's a good person for the most part, I would say. Um, and yet, I think that it's kind of inevitable and he's going to leave and he'll be one of the great Blackhawks of all time. Yeah. And I think you're right about the guarantees not being there, even if you are the worst team. And if the Hawks have done everything possible to put themselves in that position and they could still keep doing those things by trading Kane, by trading Taze, and have no guarantee. Yeah, that's still not get it. Oh, man. That's sad. That would be a tough one. All right, we've got uh, we've got the extra point next. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670, the score. What message did new Bears president Kevin Warren send during his introductory news conference? Who at Hallis Hall do you think felt it resonate the most? I think the message was anything is possible. I think it's okay to dream if you're a Bears fan. And if you're a Bears employee, you should feel empowered by this. And every single person in that building should have the same reaction. And that's what I feel like was a message that should resonate with everybody that parks their car at 1920 Football Drive. They'll walk into the building, and at one point in time, they're going to have an audience with Kevin Warren. And they're going to be asked how they would approach his job, what they would do differently 
to win a championship. And it might be the little thing, littlest of things. It might be however it affects their world, whether you work in the ticket office, promotions, social media, whatever the case may be. Everybody in that building was affected potentially by what we heard yesterday. Kevin Warren wants to have everybody's input because he's not threatened by anybody's input or everybody's input. This is a strong leader. There is no insecurity about Kevin Warren that's obvious. This is somebody with a track record. It's not. It's more than just big talk and lofty rhetoric. He has the results to back it up. So if everybody that works at House Hall felt like he was talking to them yesterday, good. That means they're listening because that is exactly what his intended, intended audience was. Everybody that works at House Hall. There is no detail that is too small. I think that was my biggest takeaway. N- nothing. You know, he, he gave the example of the, of the pebble in the shoe. It's okay if you're walking around the house. It's an issue if you're running a marathon. That was his analogy. Um, I just think that's really impactful. There's nothing too small. And, I, and you know who I think that that's going to affect the most? Or, and I think he's a very smart guy. I think it's going to resonate the most with George McCaskey that maybe they have overlooked some of the smaller things and let some of the smaller details slip through the cracks, and a guy like Kevin Warren is not going to let that happen moving forward. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, if I put it through a translator, I think I heard there's a new sheriff in town. I am in charge. Do your best. Follow every small detail, and you'll be okay. But because there is a new standard, that is a little bit of a threat, even though I don't think that was his intention. But I think there is a new standard, and I think that the bar has been raised for all. It's a threat if you have become complacent. Yes. It's a threat yes. if you feel like you have been coasting. Yeah. And I think to some degree, there are people that, if they're honest with themselves, that happens in professional life. Maybe they feel like they have gotten away with a, a very relaxed approach to their jobs, and there has been a complacency for whatever reason because people stay at Hallis Hall once they work there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they never – you are basically employed for life. <laughs> you have a career forever when you get a job there, and who knows, maybe they'll even move you up to team president. We've seen that happen before. <laughs> so I, I think that it's um, – I think that it's important to, to note that that it wasn't the same rhetoric. It wasn't. It, it, there was a there was more attention to detail in the way he talked about his job than there has been in the way people have done their jobs. Change in tone, no totally, doubt about it. Totally. Change in leadership, and that's to be expected. Dustin re- referenced this, but I did love the the analogies. I'd love the analogies. The pebble in the shoe was a good one. Yeah. The building the basement before you build a house is another good one. He had another one about uh, uh, it wasn't an analogy so much as you have to plan before you dig. Yeah, and the, uh, this guy is a very plan, skilled plan for a year. Yeah, public yeah. speaker. And no, I, I, I mean, listen. He, not only is he a skilled public speaker, he's actually been through this before. Yes. So that resonated with me, and and I think it's I think there's a lot of good things going on, and I think you should feel good about them. Did you see Dustin that Roquan Smith won the Butkus Award? I don't know if you've noticed that or not. That's that's for the best linebacker in the entire NFL, and he was given that award yesterday. By I thought the, that was the, the college committee. award. There is a com, there is a college award, and then there is a professional award. and a high school award, and there is a high school award as well. But there is a there is a team of uh, of of people that are on that committee that all have uh, NFL connections, um, and they voted Roquan the winner. Of the, I would imagine the professional one is ahead of the college one or the high school one. And he also won it as a college player. He did at Georgia. So, do you think that's? Over- I don't. Okay, I mean, I said this to David yesterday during one of the breaks. Uh-huh. I said, had the field in Cincinnati been a grass field instead of a turf field, Roquan's Smiths backside of his jersey would have been covered in grass stains okay during that game wow you said that first drive first drive first drive okay he yeah. did get 
that matter? Blocked the first, drive, the first drive. Yeah, it did, it did matter. Yeah, but, the, the multiple Butkus Award-winning linebacker. <laughs> that's how you refer to him now on this show. The polite golf clap. That's not even polite. That was an impolite. That was an impolite golf clap. It was a mock. He's he's making a mockery of the Butkus Award. Let me let me tell you something, buddy. You want to badmouth David? Go right ahead. <laughs> you want to take a shot at me? You're entitled. But you back off when it comes to the name Dick Butkus. Oh, listen. Do you understand? I, I would bow in reference. Dustin, don't, don't get me wrong. But, uh, I mean, I, do, uh, you, do you disagree with I would love to know what Dick Butkus thinks of, of, uh, of Roquan Smith not being a bear anymore. I don't think he'd probably be very happy. You don't get rid of linebackers who are at the caliber of Roquan Smith just because they're not playing a premium position. In your depth chart, you don't let twenty-five-year-old All-Pro players walk out your door and plan to get better that could, way. Could, could we? Could we do this? Maybe could we put a moratorium on this? Because now Butkus it's just like a personal. It's just a personal attack. Could we see? And Dave and I also talked about this off the air yesterday. Could what, we? What see? the hell are you guys doing with these <laughs> secret meetings? Well, you just were. You were using the restroom or something when this one happened. Um, shh, shh, shh. You mean you have to do that? What's the moratorium on this? Because I don't want to. The constant, like, you know, Dustin's so wrong about Roquan Smith. Let's see. Okay. There's 65 million guaranteed, I think, to Roquan. 45 for sure. Yeah. Looks like 65. If he gets everything, maybe he gets lucky, he gets 100. But look. Let's see what the Bears do with the, the next $65 million deal. And if it's and if it's like the linebacker, the running back that's still playing in the playoffs right now for the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley, then then let's come back to see if the money was was better spent on Saquon Barkley, or you know we can do that. Hold on, we can do that, but I do not want to give up my right to needle you because oh sure, needle away. Uh, I'm needling you. you but look, honestly, I mean, how many want, people out there could, show of hands unless you're driving? How many people realize that there was a Butkus Award in the NFL? I think everybody that follows the Butkus Award. I think anybody, you know, I'm pretty sure that, and I've I never hear anybody say on their NFL resume that they were a Butkus Award winner in the NFL. I hear about it in college. And and his son, uh, Matt, is involved in that, and they they do a great job of, uh, of, they take it very seriously, honoring his career and the tradition that he created most feared man in college football, obviously a great Chicago bear legend, one of the greatest players in the history of the game back off. <laughs> you you want to pick on David, go right ahead. You want to have <laughs> secret meetings, you and Brandon, now, David, when I walk out, no secret very meetings. rare. Occasions, I'm just, I'm still, uh, I'm just, I'm triggered fun. by this moratorium on. Yeah. We can't mention. It's like, it's like you, it's like me asking for a moratorium on you guys making fun of me liking country music. That's just not going to stop. You, oh, you don't I do thought, that? I don't no. make fun of I make Let, fun of Lululemon pants. Okay. I don't make well, fun of country you, you music. You like both forms of music. What are you talking about? I like country about? music. Okay. I, country one of, one of my favorite events this summer was going to a country music concert with my daughter that you were also in attendance. We were also at the same concert. I know. And we were talking. We had secret meetings that night, when too. I drink tequila. I told you, 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 were a little, you were a little tardy and might have missed the best part of the show. I know. You were right. I probably did. Wow. This is really this has gotten way too personal. Now, how many how many playoff games did uh, Roquan Smith win this year? Same number as Ryan Poles and the Bears. That's true. You can't argue with that. Yeah, you know, I mean, but honestly, uh, I'd was, rather be. There was kind of a fluke play involved in that game, buddy. I don't know if you watched it, but that was one of the weirdest things. That was that was the only game where you can honestly say that one play turned the tide of the entire game. That, that was just to, to have a team going in at the goal line. I, I don't think that Roquan blew the quarterback sneak. Yeah, that was that – was, you that don't was see wild, that every game. Man. That you was don't see that happen. They played a lot better than I thought they would, frankly. But that's that's what happens when you have division opponents, et cetera. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw, and, uh, and uh, we got Dustin here declaring what subjects are open they're closed on Chicago Sports Radio 67 the score money, 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 money.
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. It's always a delight to talk to our friend Joe Ostrowski, and he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. What's going on, Joe? Hey, fellas. Sometimes uh, that wild card round can be a little boring, but I didn't find that to be the case this weekend. A lot of competitive games, even with backup quarterbacks, people were not expecting. A lot of scoring. The overs, 5-1. and one. The only under was by the hook on Monday night. Yeah, Monday night was a little bit of a dis- disappointment, Joe, but yeah. I wonder how that Cowboys victory will affect the line against the 49ers because, to me, you can look at, yeah, I think America's waiting for Chiefs' bills and everything, but mm-hmm. that is a fascinating matchup, Cowboys and 49ers, because of the strengths of both teams. I am shocked at the point spread. I thought it was going to be much higher than what it is. At the moment, it is San Francisco on an 11-game winning streak, covering nine of those 11 games, favored by three and a half. I thought it would be a little bit higher, but... People were impressed with what they saw Monday night. You got the good Dak. He wasn't turning the ball over like he was much of the season. And the defense looked closer to uh, what they were much of the year instead of at the tail end when they were giving up nearly 30 points per game. Yeah, I, I, still, think that, I still think that the best game out there is Cincinnati uh, going into Buffalo. That'll be really interesting. And and I, I heard them say that um, – uh, DeMar Hamlin will, will probably make an appearance at that game, and that could be something really special that that uh, gives an emotional lift to Buffalo. But, I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, in my opinion, Cincinnati's kind of living on borrowed time. They That was unbelievable, that play, the fumble at the goal line goes the other way, and that's the deciding factor in that game. I wouldn't be stunned. You know, Josh Allen's got to play better. Because I yep. think you know exactly what you're going to get from Joe Burrow. The line is five and a half. Bills minus five and a half. Mm. In the canceled game, remember that game in Cincinnati? Yep. Of course, we all do with Hamlin. The line was one and a half. So you change venues, and the Bengals have a lot of issues with the offensive line. That, that's what everybody's talking yes. about in the, in the gambling community. They've lost three starters in three weeks. But what I would counter with that is... How was that offensive line last year when the Bengals made their run all the way to the Super Bowl? Now, the the Bills have been going over totals. They've been scoring over 30 points last four games, one of them here in Chicago. But you're right about Josh Allen, Mully. Five interceptions last three games. He's got six multi-interception games this year against some pretty weak defenses. Miami last week, uh, the Bears, the Vikings. So you're right, Josh Allen's got to play better. And uh, you're giving me Joe Burrow and five and a half points right now. Maybe it gets to six with some of the concerns with the O-line. I I would look to the Bengals here. All right, Joe. So Jalen Hurts says he's healthy. The Giants have quite a a role. That is going to be game in prime time. What do you think? Yeah, Sirianni says he's a full go. A couple of other uh, injuries to keep an eye on. Now, that, that shoulder from that Bears game. We'll see. He returned for the last regular season game. Now they're coming off the off the bye, but a couple others to watch. Lane Johnson and Josh Sweat, who had 11 uh, sacks this mm. year. Now, the Eagles did not cover their last four, but two of those were Minshew games, so you kind of have to throw that out. Uh, they played week 14, week 18. Week 18 did matter because the Eagles were trying to get the bye, but I'm looking at week 14 as, as something – that could help us uh, with the, with this one. The Giants have an awful run defense. The Eagles ran for 253 yards in that game. Sanders was unbelievable. I think we'll see more of Hurts. We didn't see the designed runs in Week 18. With this extra time with the, to heal that shoulder, I think we will see more of that. Boston Scott, Eagles backup running back. Giants killer, guys. He's got 10 total touchdowns against them in eight games. So you might want to look to that prop. Uh, I like the Eagles here, minus seven and a half. I think they're going to run all day on this Giants defense. This segment with Joe O brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Any movement on the number one pick odds? I saw there's you know different guys coming out with their mocks and uh, – uh, a lot of projected trades, but nothing certain, obviously, till you get much, much closer. Not at the very top, but there, there was one kind of now 
competition that I found pretty interesting. So Bryce Young is still the favorite at minus 130. C.J. Stroud still the second favorite at plus 175. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, all right there in the top four in the odds. But a, a guy that's lurking that made a big jump I saw on Friday night, another quarterback, Will Levis, went from 20 to 1 down to 6 to 1, and right now he's in the 7 to 1 range, right there. Uh, as far as the third or fourth favorite, right in that range. So I find it really interesting. Uh, right now, the odds for the number one pick, there are three quarterbacks uh, that are mentioned near the top, uh, signaling that uh, it's only a matter of time before the, that pick's traded. Josh Allen is going to make Will Levis a lot of money. I think that is the way it looks. Mm. He's going to jump in the pre-draft process because a lot of the similar traits and skills. All right, Joe, what about DeAndre Hopkins? Can you bet on him to become a Bear? What are the odds? Yeah, you can bet on him to join any team. Uh, the Bears are in the mix. They are 14-1. to 1. They are listed as a sixth favorite. And when you list off the, the five teams that have shorter odds than the Bears, it kind of makes sense. You've got the Green Bay Packers as the favorite. Patriots, Chiefs, Giants, they need some receivers, even though they've had a fantastic year, and the Cowboys. But, yeah, it, it is pretty notable that the Bears – are mentioned there. You can bet all, on all sorts of stuff. Tom Brady next team. The favorite is the Raiders. Huh. Der, Derek Carr's next team. The favorite is the Jets. Lamar Jackson's next team. Jets are also the favorite. Yeah, right, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Uh, you got some divisional odds for the Sox and the Cubs, especially after that uh, the big signing for the Cubs of uh, of Trey Mancini. The World Series odds are not budging, guys. 25 to 1 for the White Sox, 80 to 1 for the Cubs. But yes, the divisional odds have been posted. And, Molly, the uh, White Sox are co favorites. I don't know if that's surprising. Co favorites with the Guardians, plus 150 over at BetMGM. And the Cubs are, are exactly where I figured they would, where they finished last season. The third favorite, St. Louis minus 115, Milwaukee plus 145, and the Cubs in there at plus 600. Great stuff, Joe. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. That is our guy, Joe Strowski. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.